Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today is the day we finish up Hebrews chapter 13 and the whole book of Hebrews. Man, what a study it has been. I think uh, the next uh, podcast I want to start the book of Matthew and breaking down the book of Matthew because I want to get back to Jesus. Uh, That's who the Hebrew author has been pointing to. It's all about Jesus. We've covered the book of John. We've covered the book of Luke uh, to get to know Jesus better. And so I want to cover Matthew uh, and, and get Matthew's perspective on Jesus. So in the next podcast, we will start uh, breaking down the book of Matthew so we can get to know more about Jesus um, because we can never have too much of Jesus. But in this last chapter of, of Hebrews 13, the author, he's got this theme going on, and, and, and it basically says, since we are receiving this unshakable kingdom, let us and then he adds a thought to uh to uh encourage his readers uh to keep going to keep striving towards heaven and walking with jesus and in in the last podcast we covered these ideas in great detail um and and these are the ones that we covered he says since we are receiving this unshakable kingdom let us first of all keep on loving each other's brothers and sisters uh and then we covered uh give honor to marriage and the other one we carried was uh, uh, that we covered is don't love money and be satisfied with what you have. And we covered those in, and broke those down into great de- detail because he expounded on those ideas as well. Uh, and so he's going he's gonna to shift focus just a little bit <clears throat> to the ones who have brought the gospel to his readers uh, originally and, and how they should keep these people, these people who have taught them about Jesus and about the ways that are pleasing to God, he, he tells them that they should keep them in their memory. In verses 7 through 9, he says, Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many times have you heard that verse? A gazillion, I'm sure. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. And so the first thought that I have when when I was reading these verses is this. I want to remind you, you who are listening to my voice on this podcast, you who are watching by YouTube, I want to remind you that you are a leader. You are a leader. It doesn't matter if you're a Sunday school teacher or you don't teach Sunday school. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher or if you've never stepped in a pulpit. It, it doesn't matter if you've ever even stepped inside a church building. You are a leader. Somebody is watching you. It could be uh, a friend. It could be a spouse. It could be a family member. It could be a coworker. It could be your children. But I promise you, somebody is watching everything that you do. They're watching to see how you're going to react to a situation that you are facing, that you are going through. 
And, and my question is, if they follow your lead, which they are, whether you want them to or not, they are following your lead. My question is, where are you taking them? You know, can can these people who are watching you, can they follow your example of faith? Are you leading them to Jesus or are you leading them away from Jesus? And, and, and the Hebrew author, he tells his people, he says, remember your leaders. Remember these people who have taught you about Jesus, who have taught you the ways of God and follow their example of faith and so a, a a huge question that we have to answer is that the people who are looking to me for guidance and for leadership and they are looking whether you want them to or not they are looking the question becomes where am i guiding them where am i leading them who am i taking them to where am i taking these people who are following my lead but the most important thing that he tells his readers is remember Jesus. Remember Jesus, who is the ultimate leader, right? He, he is the ultimate God. Because here's the thing. People change. You and I change. We, we, tra- we change like the, the, the wind shifts directions. Um, but Jesus never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. People change. What's, what's that song? People change. Seasons change. I, I, I don't know the, the rest of the lyrics, uh, but I think it's a song from the 80s, maybe the early 90s. People change. But Jesus does not change. People will fail you. That's right. People will fail. Christians will fail you we're still human just because we have jesus living inside of us does not mean that we're going to do everything right we make mistakes we make bad decisions people will fail you christian people will fail you but you know who will not fail you jesus jesus will not fail you therefore be careful who you follow And don't be led away by people teaching you ideas that are strange to what you know and what you've already been taught. That's the words of advice that he gives to his readers. Galatians 1, 3-9, Paul says, Grace and peace to you from from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Well, I didn't think that was possible. This is Christian people that Paul is writing to, and they're leaving Jesus. They're leaving the gospel that they know to turn to a different gospel. I didn't think that was possible. Yes, it's possible. We've already established that. Whether you choose to believe that or not, it is possible and so he says i'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one it's just like the book of hebrews i'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of christ and you're turning to a different gospel which is really no gospel at all evidently some people are throwing you into confusion and they're trying to pervert the gospel of christ 
But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, that's the gospel, the real gospel, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. And in any time, and I've said this before, but any time the Bible repeats something, that is how they emphasized it. And Paul has just said this two times in a row. He says, if anybody, if any person, if, if any angel from heaven should show up and preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. And so one of the things that they were dealing with in the early church was Gnosticism, this this idea of knowledge, and, and it still goes on 2,000 years later. It's called Gnosticism, and it came to the church pretty quick, and you have these antichrists that they were dealing with, these people who were against Christ, and you have all these false prophets that, 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 that came along quickly uh, with these false teachings uh, um, and so you got these new teachings that are infiltrating the early church and, and, and their goal is to lead people astray from Jesus. They're, they want to get people out of the church and, and, and onto their, locked onto their false teachings. And, and, and it's no different today. Here we are, we're, we're two, they were just a few years removed from Jesus dying on the cross and ascending back to, to the Father and sitting at the Father's right hand, the Holy Spirit coming down in the church beginning in Acts chapter 2, they're just, you know, 40, 50, 60 years removed from that uh, from that time, maybe 30 years, you know, in that time frame. And here we are 2,000 years removed, and we're still dealing with the very same things that Paul and, and the, the author of Hebrews was dealing with, just a bunch of false teachings. And, and, and that's why you have all these different denominations. And then you, inside the denomination, you have tons more denominations. I mean, just take one flavor, for example, the Baptists. The Baptists have all these different... you got Southern Baptist, Primitive Baptist, uh, I don't know what else. My mind my, my mind's gone blank. But there's Baptists, and this flavor of Baptist, this flavor of Baptist. Uh, and then you got Pentecostal, and you got Assembly of God, you got Church of God, uh, and then you got flavors under all those. You got Church of Christ, uh, who remember the only one's going to heaven. But then you got Church of Christ, and you got uh, uh, Instrumental Church of Christ, non-Instrumental Church of Christ. Then you got uh, Disciples of Christ, and then you have uh, uh, the Church of Christ, the the Christian Church, the Disciples of Christ. Uh, then you have Presbyterian, and, and then you got all these flavors inside Presbyterian, and, and, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And so I just want to give you the words that the Hebrew author gives his people, and that is this. Stick with Jesus. Stick with God's word. Stick with those leaders that you know are solid in their teaching and stay with Jesus. He is the ultimate leader. He's the ultimate guide. And which goes back to the point that I was making a couple of podcasts ago that is very important for us to be in the word of 
God. Because, I mean, how are we going to know somebody's teaching us wrong if we don't know the Bible for ourselves? If, if we're taking a preacher's word for it, if you're taking my word for it on this podcast, I, I feel sorry for you. You need to take what I say and, 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 and line it up with the word of God. And if you see something that I teach that does not line up with the word of God, by all means, contact me at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com and let's discuss it because I could be wrong. I, I, I don't claim to know everything about the Bible. This book's 2,000 years old. And, and, and I'm trying to take it from a whole different perspective because I, I, I'm not a Jew and I didn't live back then. I'm an American who's living in 2022 trying to study a book that's over 2,000 years old and older. And so um, I don't claim to know everything. I know some things. and so uh, But I have studied this book since I was in third grade. And uh, I've studied it for myself. I don't take other people's word for what it says i just study it for myself and i relate to you what i study and and, and what the holy spirit reveals to me out of god's word that's that's all i do and so I, I i could be wrong about something and and that's okay i can admit if i'm wrong i'm wrong and and i have no uh um, qualm about that but I, I want my goal is to teach and preach the truth but going back to what the author said there's one that, because I said in the last podcast, people will fail you. Jesus will never fail you. If you Jesus says, I am the way, the truth. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is who is the ultimate leader that we need to run to for guidance and for teaching. Therefore, stick with Jesus. Now, probably, evidently, from the writings, one of these new teachings that was spreading in the early church was the dietary laws and being Jewish Christians and coming from Judaism uh, this this would already be a struggle for uh, the audience of the book of Hebrews because if you remember uh, in Acts chapter 10 I believe it is when when Peter is about to go to the, to this Gentiles house of Cornelius uh, he is he is uh, he's taking a break he's taking a nap on top of the house and he's staying with some guy named Simon who was a tanner and uh, uh, he's he's making lunch and the smell comes wafting through the air and Peter gets a whiff of it and he's asleep so he has this vision and three different times God shows him this sheet that's full of all these unclean animals and God says arise Peter kill and eat and and Peter says uh-uh no way you said those things are unclean I ain't touching those animals I'm not eating what is unclean and God says do not call unclean what I have called clean and this happens three different times and every time Peter keeps saying no why because he has been taught all of his life that God says those animals are unclean and God says do not eat this food this animal so <clears throat> to eat those animals that God was showing him would be sin because it's going against God's will, which is what sin is. But now here is God saying, hey, Peter, rise, kill, and eat. And so Peter's confused, and after this vision goes away, Peter's thinking about what what is God trying to tell me by this vision? And about that time, these people show up from, from the house of Cornelius, and they say, hey, uh, Cornelius is waiting for you 
to uh, come to his house and share with him this story about Jesus. And, and, and an angel had already visited Peter and told Peter that he would get some visitors from the house of Cornelius. So Peter puts it all together. And so he goes to Cornelius' house. Sure enough, he tells them about Jesus. Cornelius has gathered his friends and his family from all around. And as Peter's preaching about Jesus or telling them about Jesus, the Holy Spirit falls from heaven on these Gentiles. And Peter says, hmm, well, I, I see that God's no respecter of persons. And now he's... Uh, welcoming the Gentiles into his kingdom. Well, what's stopping them from being baptized? And so he takes Cornelius and all of his friends and family who want to accept Christ, and he baptizes them, he immerses them in the water. And then he goes back and he tells people what has happened and how God is now welcoming the Gentiles uh, into the, the kingdom. Um, and so the author of Hebrews, he, he's going to give kind of an explanation in verses 10 through 16 that his Hebrew uh, or that his Jewish audience would be familiar with and he goes again he goes back to the tabernacle and what's going on in the tabernacle he says we have an altar from which the priests in the tabernacle have no right to eat under the old system the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin and the bodies of animals were burned outside the camp that, that that's very important and i'll come back to that here in a little bit so also jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by the means of his own blood so let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore for this world is not our permanent home we are looking forward to a home yet to come Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. In other words, there, there's not any dietary laws that's going to save you. You know, yes, God said under the old system, don't eat this, don't eat that, and stay away, and you can eat this. But all that... The, all that stuff doesn't matter anymore. You're free to eat whatever you want to. Salvation only comes from Jesus, not food. And so he 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 mentions something interesting in this passage. He talks about the priest being bringing in the blood of the sacrifice. And they they could eat. Uh, they were to eat some of the the sacrifices that they made, but they were to bring this blood of these sacrifices that they made. Uh, and they were going to sprinkle this blood to consecrate all this stuff to God, to, to make it holy. And so they would bring it into the holy place and sprinkle this blood of these sacrifices. Uh, and then they would go in once a year on the Day of Atonement and, and sprinkle the blood upon the mercy seat. But the sacrifice itself, the carcass of the animal that was sacrificed on, on the Day of Atonement, it was taken outside of the camp, its body of the animal, and burned. Listen to Leviticus 16, 26 through 28. The man who releases the goat as a scapegoat must wash, and that's the scapegoat. That, but they would they would make the sacrifice. They would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat, and then they would come out and they would take an scapegoat, uh, and they would place their hands on the goat, pronounce the sins of Israel on this goat, and take it outside the city, out into the wilderness, and hopefully the goat stayed out in the wilderness and didn't come back into the city. It was it was the scapegoat. And so he says, the man who releases the goat as a scapegoat must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. Afterward, he may come into the camp. The bull and the goat for the sin offerings, whose blood was brought into the most holy place to make 
atonement must be taken outside the camp. The bull and the goat for the sin offerings must be taken outside the camp. Their hides, their flesh, and intestines are to be burned up. For the man who burns them must wash his clothes and bathe himself in with water. Afterward, he may come into the camp. And so the author of the book of Hebrews, he says that Jesus himself was taken outside the city gates and suffered as a sacrifice. So when we read the Gospels, we read that Jesus had to carry his own cross to a place called Golgotha. I have the, the, the tattoo of Golgotha on my arm. Golgotha was known as the place of the skull and was outside the city gates. Anytime someone was issued a death sentence, they had to be killed outside the city gates. And you can, you can read that in Deuteronomy chapter 17. Jesus was hung like a criminal on the cross outside the city gates and was left on that cross for six hours so that he could be publicly humiliated by people coming in and out of the city out of the city gates and into the city gates, according to the Gospels. And this is exactly what happened to Jesus. He was put outside the city gates and crucified like a criminal. And people would come out there and, 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 and just bash Jesus and, and humiliate Jesus and, and tell him to come down from the cross if he really is the Son of God, which he was. And he was doing it on their behalf. He was, he was giving up his life so that they could have life, so that we could have life. But he was taken outside the city gates and killed. And, and just like these uh, uh, sacrifices that were made for atonement, they had to be brought outside the city and disposed of. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He was taken outside of the city gates and disposed of, and he shed his own blood so that our sins can be forgiven. Do you remember Stephen? As Stephen was about to be stoned in Acts chapter 7, uh, really that whole chapter, in verses 57 through 59, when Stephen was telling them that, that, uh, that they are guilty of crucifying the Messiah that they've been looking for, it says they put their hands over their ears and they begin shouting. They, they didn't want to hear that. They were just angry. They're Oh, they're so mad at Stephen. And they rushed at him. And listen to verse 58. And dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. And verse 59 says, as they stoned him. That's when he, he looks up into heaven. He sees Jesus standing at the Father's right hand. And they finish off with the big stones and they, they kill Stephen. But my point in me telling you this is they had to take Stephen outside of the city gates in order to kill him, to stone him. They, they didn't want to kill him inside the city gates. They didn't want to defile Jerusalem, their temple, their God. So they brought him outside the city gates just because it would have been sin. And so they brought Stephen outside. of the. St they, still kill, uh, they still committed murder. They still killed Stephen, who was innocent. Um, but yet... Hey, they got him outside those city gates, just like Jesus. Here's God in the flesh, but hey, 
Let's get him outside of those city gates and let's crucify him. Let's kill him. Let's get rid of this guy. Uh, like these sacrifices that were made on the Day of Atonement. So it, it's really cool to me how uh, Jesus' sacrifice just ties to the sacrifices that were made for atonement because uh, the Bible talks about over and over again how Jesus was our sacrifice. He he made the atonement or once and for all atonement for our sins. That's awesome. So thank you, Jesus, for doing that for us. But listen to what the, the, the author of Hebrews says in verses 13 through 16. He says, so let us go out to him, to Jesus. Let us go outside of the camp and uh, bear the disgrace that he bore. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. So again, he's encouraging his audience to, to continue to live for Jesus. Not, not, you know, don't clam up now because of what they suffered. Because Jesus suffered too. That's what he's reminding them. Jesus suffered too. You're not alone in your suffering. Yes, you're being persecuted. Yes, you're being beaten. Yes, you're being put in prison. Yes, you're losing your possessions. Yes, you're being threatened. But look what happened to Jesus outside the city gates. Let's go out to the outside the city gates and be shamed just like Jesus was. Let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Don't shrink back. Don't draw back. Don't fade away from Jesus Keep proclaiming your allegiance to his name. So he's encouraging his audience to continue to live for Jesus and, and not clam up like we do so many times when something goes wrong in our life or something comes hard our way or a life challenge comes along. We, we have a tendency to draw back. But God's saying, draw near. You draw near to me, I'll draw near to you, God says. So He's saying, don't go back into Judaism because Judaism is obsolete. It's no good anymore. No matter how many sacrifices you make, it doesn't matter. Those sacrifices are no good. The only sacrifice that you need to make are doing good and sharing with those who are in need. He says, those are the sacrifices that please God. And I just want to say this again. It's really easy to lose our focus when hard times come in our lives. When life challenge comes our way, when chaos comes along in our lives, it's easy to lose our focus and to turn to things that we should that we shouldn't turn to. Uh, we turn to these things, uh, and you just fill in the blank with whatever. Um, we turn to these things to help ease the pain of our suffering. Um, and, and if you think about, it, we we may not be persecuted for our faith like these people were. In the book of Hebrews, they are in other countries, but not in America, not in the United States. And there's always exceptions to that. But but for the most part, we're not persecuted for our faith like they were. But, however, we do face many trials and tribulations in our lives. And and these these are some great reminders that, that the author of Hebrews is giving for his audience, his Jewish Christian audience who is being persecuted. But they're also great reminders for us, if we listen, because we need Jesus just as much as they needed Jesus. Because we have these trials and tribulations that come in our lives. We walk through valleys too for other reasons. 
But when these things come in our lives, we have a tendency to shrink back. And, and, and God is saying, hey, come on to me. Jesus is saying, come to me, all you that labor are heavy laden. I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. It's light. I will help you, but you got to come to me, not run from me. And so that's what the, the, the author of the Hebrews is doing. He's encouraging his readers to stick with Jesus, to, to keep running that race, to, to keep following the one true leader, Jesus Christ. And so he's, he's going to finish the chapter by saying this. He says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. The work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Pray for us, for our conscience is clear, and we want to live honorably in everything that we do. And especially pray that I will be able to come back to you soon. So obviously, this author has visited this, this congregation. He knows them well. Now, may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to pay attention to what I have written in this brief exhortation. I want you to know that our brother Timothy has been released from jail. If he comes here soon, and that's probably the Timothy that we all know that Paul wrote to, uh, and he was uh, a companion of Paul. I want to, I want you to know that our brother Timothy has been released from jail. If he comes here soon, I will bring him with me to see you. Greet all your leaders and all the believers there. The believers from Italy send you their greetings. May God's grace be with you all. And it's very well possible that Paul wrote this letter. We just don't know who the author of Hebrews is because he never signs. The author never signs off on it. If he did, we don't know that. But I want to point out three things before we end this podcast um, that he says in, in this in this last passage it, as he is winding up this letter. He says, May the God of peace who brought up Jesus from the dead, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. In other words, we can't do it on our own. Without Jesus, we, we, we can't do this. If we try to do this on our own, we're going to quit at the first sign of a struggle. We're going to quit as soon as persecution comes our way, just like these people are doing. Hey, pain hurts. Being beaten hurts. Being flogged, uh-uh. No, thank you. Having my family threatened, having my life threatened to follow Jesus, no, I don't want none of that. I like my freedom. I love living in the United States. and I thank God that this is where I live. We do not have the power to do this on our own. The God Almighty, the all-powerful God, the God of peace, the God who, he says, who has the power to raise the dead because he raised Jesus. I mean, think about it. This is the God who created the universe by speaking a word. That God will equip us with everything we need to walk with Him and be a witness for Him. But we have to let Him. But isn't that amazing? The God who created the universe by speaking some words, the God who created everything in this universe 
And you think about this new telescope that they've launched, and we can see all this imagery. Uh, and, and, and now that we know these galaxies, they just expand, expand, expand. They keep going. The God who created all of this stuff, these beautiful mountains that, that I live in, these waters that run through them, and those, the, the rushing of the creeks and the babbling brooks and, and the, the, the bird, all this beautiful creation, including us, we're, we're beautiful in His sight. He, 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 he formed us from dirt and He breathed life into us. This God, we call him the big man. He's not the big man upstairs. He's, he's not a God that's just way out there in the distance who doesn't relate to us. He put on flesh and he lived as a man on this earth. And he was tempted in every way that we were tempted. And he died. He, went, he suffered pain and agony for us. And he became our sacrifice. That's how much love he has for us. And he wants a relationship with you and me. He wants to live inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit and walk with us on a daily basis. He's not a God that's way out there. He's a God who is in here if we let him. If we let him. May the God of peace who brought up Jesus from the dead, may he equip you all you need for doing his will. And he will if we let him. And then the, 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 Hebrew, the author of Hebrews says, May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. Hey, Romans 3.23, we're all sinners. And without Jesus, the only thing that we can produce, yeah, we might do some good every now and then, but what we mainly produce is evil because we have a sinful nature. And I can prove it to you by using a baby. If we look at a baby, uh, I've watched all three of my children uh, being born. And you know what happened as soon as they were born? They started crying. Why did they start crying? Yeah, they're, they're freaking out because they're not inside their mom anymore. And they're not inside that little sack that was nice and warm and cozy. Now they're out here in this world and their eyes are open. And they're looking at all these uh, strange things for the first time. But another reason why they're crying is because they want their mom. They want that warmth. They want that comfort back. They want to be held. They want to be fed. They, they, they want, you know, when they have the poopy diaper, they want their butts to be cleaned. They're selfish. Babies are selfish. And you know what? They didn't learn that. It, it, it came naturally. It's their nature. Paul says in Romans 7, 18, And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what's right, but I can't. It's not in us. We want to sin and we want to run to sin because sin is fun to us. It's what our nature is. That's why Jesus had to die on the cross. When, when Adam and Eve sinned, the first thing that God, well, the first thing they did was try to cover. They were naked running around the garden naked and, and never was ashamed until they ate the fruit. They went against what God said. They sinned. Sinned, sin entered in and they were ashamed, the Bible says. And so they try to cover up their nakedness. They try to cover up their shame with fig leaves. And God comes along and they go hide. And, and, and so God ends up, long story short, making the very first sacrifice and he kills an animal and he makes them 
clothing out of that animal's hide. So the very first sacrifice is made. And God, it says that God covered their shame. And, 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 and so we have to understand that it's just our nature. And that's, that's why it was, Paul says that it was God's eternal purpose. Before God ever made us, before God ever made the universe, before God created anything, he knew that he was going to have to put on flesh and live as a man on this earth and be tempted like we were tempted and be perfect and become our once and for all sacrifice. And that's exactly what he did. It was, the church was God's eternal purpose. Uh, Jesus himself said in John 14, verse 8 through 11, Philip asked him, he says, Lord, show us the Father, and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me, who does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. So in other words, Jesus is telling Philip, look, this work that you see me do, all these miracles you see me do, these teachings that you hear me say, it's not coming from me. It's coming from my Father who is working through me. And, and just like God the Father worked through Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he wants to work through you and me. But we have to let him. You think about Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 24. We have the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. If we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we're striving to live for Him on a daily basis, we're filled with the Spirit. The, and the Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to G uh, Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. They're, they're th these sinful desires that we have, that we crucified them with Jesus. We, we put them in that watery grave and we came up a new creation in Christ. And since we're living now by the Spirit, because we're filled with the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another so it is god all powerful god working in us that produces everything that is pleasing to him he gives us our talents he gives us our abilities he gives us everything including the air that we breathe because he can decide not to let us breathe another breath he can uh, allow not allow our hearts to beat another beat and so the question becomes then are we using these talents these abilities that God has given us to please him to glorify him because that is the reason why we exist whether you want to choose to accept that or not that is why you and I exist that is our purpose to glorify God and when we choose to go against that, it's a nightmare. Our lives are an absolute nightmare. And we see this every day. Just turn on the news and you'll see plenty of this. What's going on in our world It's because people choose to reject God and live for themselves and be selfish and use their talents and abilities that God has blessed them with for themselves. Are we using these things that God has given us to glorify Him, are we using those things to glorify Him 
or to glorify ourselves. And then he says, all glory to him forever and ever. Amen. And this gets it down to the nitty gritty. Um, because again, the question becomes, are we using these things God has blessed us with to glorify him or ourselves? Are we living for ourselves or are we living for God? These Jewish Christians were living for God. Uh, they were living for Jesus. But because of the persecution, they they were outward focused and they were giving and helping people in their community. They were loving one another. They're showing hospitality to strangers. They're doing all these things right because their focus is on Jesus. Their focus is outside of themselves. But because of this persecution, this hardship has come along their lives, they have turned inward. They're now inward focused. And, and, and the whole point of the book of Hebrews, I think you have seen by now, if you've listened to these podcasts in, in this study, the whole point of this book is to remind them who they should be focused on. Jesus, the one who suffered just like their suffering, the one who endured to the end and didn't give up like they're, consider, uh, they're, they're considering doing because uh, they're, they're thinking about giving up. Many of them have given up and gone back into Judaism. But they should be focusing on Jesus, the one who is sitting at the Father's right hand. And he mentions this several times throughout the book, who is making intercession for them and for us if we're following Jesus. But the, the, the key component is if they don't become selfish and continue their walk with him. And that's exactly what we tend to do when something goes horribly wrong in our lives when hardship comes our way we instead of being outward focused we turn inward and we get really really selfish and the example that jesus showed us and left for us to follow is to be selfless not selfish but selfless so the question i'm going to leave you with as as we finish hebrews 13 is this who is the focus of your life? And only you can answer this. Is the focus on God, on Jesus, on glorifying Him? Or is your focus on yourself and your problems and the situations that you find yourself in? And you're trying to find a way to glorify yourself and not God. Where's your focus? Because wherever your focus is, that's where you're leading people. And remember, this goes all the way back that we are leaders, whether we choose to be or not. Somebody is watching us, somebody is following us, and somebody is, is, is watching every move that we make, and we are leading them somewhere. And wherever we're focused, that's where we are leading them. So my challenge to you is to search yourself and just really do a soul search and say am i focused on god or am i focused on myself am i is my life glorifying jesus is my life glorifying god or is my life glorifying myself because people are following me and i want to take them to heaven 
because that's our that's my goal that should be all of our goals as followers of Jesus is to make it to heaven and to take as many people with us as we can I hope and pray that you've enjoyed the study of the book of Hebrews and I hope that you have found some encouragement from this study and if you have I would love to hear from you uh, you can write me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com and uh, I would appreciate your encouraging words. Uh, and like I said, I'm going to jump into the book of Matthew um, after uh, I aired this, this last uh, podcast for the book of Hebrews. But God bless you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching on YouTube. And I look forward to seeing you again very soon and talking with you about Jesus from the book of Matthew. God bless you, and keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.